today on It's Time. Understanding your enemy helps us thwart his plan against us. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going verse by verse through the book of 1 John. So turn there in your Bible and join Pastor Mike. Now, what is, I think, really important here is he also says baptized by, uh, again, water and by blood. That's a weird statement because where do we find that? Well, it's interesting, and I'll just read it to you real quick. You don't need to turn there unless you would like to. But it's in the book of Mark, chapter 10. And I'm just going to read this. And this is something that ties this to what Jesus said. He said, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, by the way, they were called sons of thunder, came to him saying, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. And by the way, moms and dads, if you ever have your kids, if you ever have your kids uh, do this, I, I can't believe this is something little kids do, not adults. Two of Jesus' disciples come to him and say, Jesus, whatever we ask, that we want you to do. That's like, like I say, that's something like, like an eight-year-old kid. Daddy, whatever I want, will you give it to me? Well, what is it that you want? Well, I want a new Harley. No, sorry, I can't have one. But he said, whatever we ask, we want you to do. And, and, and so, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus said. And they said to him, grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your glory But Jesus said, now here's what we're doing to get to this. Can you, he says, you do not know what you ask. Now here it is. Can you drink that that I drink? And here it is. Be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And they said to him, we can. And Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink, and the baptism that I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand or on the left, well, he goes on, and the point is, is this. He said to them, are you willing, can you be baptized with what I'm, Jesus had already been baptized in the water. The disciples had already been baptized. So there was another baptism that Jesus was speaking of, and that baptism was blood. That was that of the cross. And by the way, he said, are you willing to do that? And they said, oh, yes, they are. And by the way, as you read in Fox's Book of Martyrs, you see how the the, uh, early church fathers and the disciples died. Pretty amazing, really. The one thing you'll never find in Fox's Book of Martyrs is how the Pharisees died. They didn't. They're still here. Well, he says this. And the Spirit bears witness because the Spirit 
is truth. Jesus was baptized with water and by blood when he died on the cross for us. Verse 7 is an interesting verse in the Bible. It is the only verse that I know of in the New Testament that wasn't in the original writings. And so most likely John did not write this. This verse did not appear in the text until about the 10th century. Now, not that this verse says anything wrong. It's just not in the original. And this verse says, There are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. This was probably not written by John. Is it a false statement? Absolutely not. But it wasn't probably originally um, written in by the original. So you'd really want to read it from verse 6 to verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. These agree as one. Now, again, what Jesus did for us is agreeance to what the rest of the Bible says is required for us to inherit eternal life. We have to recognize we're sinners. We have to recognize what the blood is for and that spirit of God that motivates us not only into conviction to ask for forgiveness, but also to continue to live for him. Verse 9, if we receive the witness of men... The witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God that he has testified of his son. He who believes in the son of God has the witness in himself. And he who does not believe in God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given his son. Now again, if we'll receive the testimony of man... How much more do you have the testimony of God who has put his seal on you? And so always remember that. And he says, and this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now notice he says, this is the testimony, that God has given us eternal life. Only known cure for death, friends. Nobody else offers that. Religions of the world don't offer that. Then he says, and this life, guarded by his love, guided by his purpose, fellowship with him is a satisfied life. That's something that you can tell if you're walking with the Lord or not. People of the world don't have any purpose for life. Go for the gusto. He with the most toys when he dies wins. You know, you've seen all the goofy bumper stickers. Well, there's no purpose for life then. So life is meaningless. So life is a quest. And this is what the philosophies of life come in. This is what the Epicureans in the book of Acts and the Stoics were always fighting about. What is the purpose of life? The Epicureans say life is for the party. Epicurean delight. The Stoics, on the other hand, says you have no say in life. It's all predestined, however it comes out. If you're destined to be hit by a train, the only thing you can change is how you feel about getting hit by a train. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun, does it? But Epicurean says, the problem with Epicurean delight is this. If you do anything you like to do long enough, it won't be fun anymore. So you want to have just the right amount of fun then from just the right amount of fun, you can continue to sustain that fun. That's one of the things that they say, well, marijuana is a gateway drug into other things. Well, probably, but knowing the nature of man, I can tell you this, man is never satisfied, so he'll always go on to something else. 
This is one of the great problems that, that we find in the unsatisfied nature. And this is what Mick Jagger saying about in the 60s, I just can't find no satisfaction if I tried. Why is that? Because no matter what you do, if you do it long enough and you like to do it, it will become boring. Isn't that weird? In other words, oh, this great place, you know, I'm on this boat and I'm just, I'm just you know, I think about Gilligan's Island. Weird thoughts, isn't it? I was reading a story about Gilligan's Island, and it said that the United States Navy received endless complaints. Why doesn't the Navy rescue those on Gilligan's Island? They didn't connect that it was all a story. But we often look at that now, and, and, you know, I've watched Gilligan's Island say, you know, if I was marooned on a desert island, I would just say, leave me alone. I don't want to get rescued. I like it here. But the problem with that is, again, you do anything you like to do long enough, you'll be bored. Well, I like to just lay by the pool with my Coca-Cola with a little umbrella in it. And that's what I want to do. Yeah, I just want to... But you know what? You do that for more than a couple hours. Uh, What else is there to do here? You see, it's weird. We have a concept, and the devil's so good at somehow making you think that this experience will last forever. The problem is, it'll always leave you empty. Understanding your enemy helps us thwart his plan against us. Again, think about it for a minute. Have you ever been on vacation and it's so great, but by the end of the vacation you're going, yeah, I'd kind of like to get home. You ever have that happen? Well, there is a reason why. It's because the unsatisfaction of a man or woman's heart, because you were not designed for any other purpose than to give God glory. That's why we're here. And so he says, And this is our testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. This life is in his Son. Anywhere else you try to find life outside of God's Son, you're going to find exactly what I say. Now, you might not be a Christian listening to this. This this, uh, goes all over the world. Uh, And you say, well, I don't believe what you're saying. Okay, do anything you want to do. Do it long enough, and you will get bored with it. Well, I've used the illustration because it really happened to me. Oh, if I could just get a Honda 50. I saw the ad, true ad. You meet the nicest people on a Honda. And it showed this little motorcycle with a girl with long hair and a guy on front of it. And, and they're, they're in love, probably a college thing. And they're in love and they got the Honda 50. Me, me, and I don't know if you ever rode a Honda 50. You don't go much faster than about 45 on one. And if you go faster than 45 on one, you don't want to go faster than 45 on one. It's wonderful. The wind's still blowing through what hair I have left. It's grand. Oh, this is wonderful. And you ride around a little bit and until somebody drives past the new Honda 200. Oh, I don't want this. I ain't getting none of them. 
And pretty soon it's no longer, you know, the, the 250 or the 300. Now it's the 500. And then it's the big Harley. By the way, they say that Harley never got into building computers because they couldn't figure out how to make them leak oil. But that's another whole topic. What's the difference between a Harley Davidson and a Hoover vacuum cleaner? Harley's got the dirt bag on the outside. Sorry. If any of you have a Harley, I love you. Okay, don't, I'm just kidding. But what I'm saying is we graduate. We're not satisfied with the Honda 50 anymore. It's got to be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. That is the nature of an unsaved heart. Notice he says, we're going we're to keep going here as quickly as we can. He who has the Son has life. And he who does not have the Son does not have life. Life satisfies. So if you're tired of chasing rainbows, let God change your life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. You see, you need that. That's what satisfies your soul. Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we seek anything according to His will, He hears us. Oh, friends, there's so much here. There's people who have taken this context out of context and they've said, well, whatever it is you want, just visualize it and it's yours and blab it and grab it and all that kind of stuff. We're not talking about that. What we're talking about is whatever we ask, Jesus, take away my sins. Jesus, I love you. Whatever we petition God and we praise him, whatever we have in our heart that we need, God gives us. Not coming from a wallet, not coming from a plastic card. It comes from Jesus. See, the problem is the world says whatever you need comes from us. Come to us. And the advertising is full of all the things that you need. Well, he says... We have this confidence that we ask anything according to his will. By the way, that should be underlined in your Bible, according to his will. God's ultimate purpose for your petition is his will. God wants to live his life on this life, but he wants to live it through you and me. Through us. And it says he hears us. I like it. He hears us. Your prayers aren't just bouncing off the ceiling. God hears what you ask him for. Well, I asked God for something and I didn't get it. Well, let me ask you something. Did you really need it? No, maybe not. Maybe it was a foo-foo. The Bible also says when we ask him, he knows what's best for us. Well, God, I'm just claiming my brand new Americanus Maximum with Airco and tinted glass. Yeah, but God may be calling you to a mission as a missionary in a month. You don't need it. You see, if God says no, ha, ah, thank you, Lord. That's so freeing. See, that's one of the good things about God. You know what? You might be asking God for something right now in your life, and God says, I got something better for you. What? Yeah, God's ways are better than ours. And so God's got a much bigger picture of everything. Oh, God, I want this particular thing, or I want, I want this particular guy or this particular girl. I remember the story, two girls out in front of the altar at the end of the service crying. 
One, because she didn't get to marry Billy Bob. She wanted to marry Billy Bob. The other one was crying because she did. So understanding, God's got the best for us. If God says no, he's got something better. Sometimes, and again, as you grow in the Lord, you'll appreciate when God says no as much as when he says yes. And we know that he hears us. Whatever we ask, verse 15. We know we have... And I, again, as we look at this, we know that, what, that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, again, give it to God. It's in his hands. I don't feel it's wrong to ask God several times for something. I don't think that's wrong at all. It's not a negative faith. I've got to talk to somebody about particular issues. And so, God, if you've got something better for me, you just, you just get that for me. But this is what I'd like to see you do. And there's a lot of things, again, that we need in our life on a daily basis. If God isn't supplying those things in your life, I feel sorry for you because you could be getting the imitation. Now he goes on here and he changes gears a little bit, but he's, he's talking about prayer and petition. And now he's talking about love for the brethren. And he says here, If anyone sees a brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. Now there is a sin leading to death, and I do not say we should pray about that. Now let's talk about this for a second. If anyone seeing a brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, I suppose that would apply to all of us. We can all get angry at things. We can all do things doesn't lead to eternal separation is what he's talking about from God. But when he says there's a sin that does lead to death, that's the ultimate rejection of Christ. And God will not make anyone go to heaven that doesn't want to go there. He talks about this. He said, pray about that. Remember uh, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 5 or 6, he says, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed. He doesn't say, Demas, having loved this present world, has departed, and you need to pray for him. It was a decision that he willfully made. He knew who Christ was. He knew the blessings of the saints, and yet he chose to walk away and walk in the world. I believe this is what he's talking about here. There's a sin leading to death, and I do not say that he should pray about that. It doesn't mean you can't pray about that. But you're under no obligation. But the Bible says if we see somebody sinning a sin that doesn't lead to death, hey, go and help them. That's what Matthew 18 is about. See a brother overtaken in a fault? You go and say, hey, man, I'm here to help you. How can I help you get out of your mess? That's what love does. Love doesn't just go, hey, everybody, look at this person. He's a bozo over here. Over here, this one. He's crazy. No, that's not the way we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go and go to him privately and say, here, I'm here to help bless and restore you. Isn't that what you would want someone to do to you? If you were overtaken in something you didn't know, and by the way, the devil's a pretty good masquerade, so we, we, we don't always see what we got into is not good. This is why sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees, and I think this is why church is a good thing sometimes. 
But the Bible tells us, hey, we go and we say, how can I help you get out of your mess? That's what love does. Love does not blow a whistle on the person that's doing something wrong. But what love does is say, how can I help you get out of what you're in? I'm here for you. That's what God says the way we should be. All in righteousness, verse 17, is sin. And there is sin not leading to death. Yeah, sometimes just some stuff we do is dumb. And uh, again, that's why I believe we need to pray and always be about what daddy wants us to know. Verse 18, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. That's the heart, that's the desire of our spirit inside of us. But he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Wicked one wants to. He wants to destroy you. When you're about your daddy's business, you do a lot of damage to the kingdom of darkness. If we know that we are of God and the whole, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, that's why the world's the way it is. That's why what's evil is good, good is evil, the whole world's topsy-turvy, especially, the Bible says in the last days, the Bible says the world is under the sway of Satan. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in the Son and in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is, true, this is the true God and eternal life. And then he ends with this. Very unusual ending. Little children, keep yourself from idols. It's not that anybody has a little idol in their bedroom, but there's things that we idolize in this life that can supplant our relationship with God. And he says, God's given us an understanding. We need to be aware of the world we're in. So important today in the world that you're in. I pray today that God will show you your dependency upon him. That first of all, you're put on this planet to love God. And the second thing is to love your fellow man. What blocks us from doing those things is a lie from the evil one saying, no, real happiness is found someplace else. Let God bless you. Put yourself in the place where God will bless you. He will. Now, the second part of this is important. Because if you're not serving God, then that means you're under the sway of the evil one and you're being lied to. So how do we fix that? Well, pretty easy, really. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just, forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just as it says, as the first part of John begins, he says, keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from things that will take your heart away from God where you spend your affections, time, and money on things in eternity that doesn't matter. Let God bless you. Let God heal you. The Bible says he will. This morning, if you need prayer, I would just like to do that. We will pray up here in front. And the next part of this, I think, is really important. If you're not right with God, you can be. And that's where we ask. The Bible says if we'll confess our sins. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to own up that you missed the mark? We all miss the mark. These sins that it talks about. You don't have to go to hell. God can forgive you. You don't have to die in your sins. You can have a new life. Redefine your purpose for living. The Bible says that Jesus died for you and for me. And if we're found in him, 
we have a brand new life this morning. This is what God offers you. If you've never prayed and asked the Lord into your life, we're going to pray right now. And you can ask God to come in your life and change you as we pray. And if you've not prayed, let's pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. His blood covered my sins. And from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. I repent of the foolish way that I've lived. Trying to define it my way, now you define life for me. Write my name in your book of life that I can spend eternity with you. And Lord, may I always be found in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, welcome to God's family. Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse-by-verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening. And tune in next time for It's Time.